All right, we're back for another year. Year four of Talking Giants. The third head coach in these four years. The second GM. Joe Shane and Brian Day will endeavor on a journey to restore a lost franchise back to greatness. They are new, but the Giants start this journey with familiar faces. Daniel Jones. He enters year four on an expiring deal, knowing that it's win or die. Saquon Barkley comes off an abysmal year where fans and foes alike left him for dead, looking to prove that he's still a force to be reckoned with. On the defensive side, a new leader in Wink Martindale leads a depleted group with familiar faces but a new way to fight. Bringing the pressure to your face down after down after down. The battle is only beginning for these new leaders of the Giants. Familiar players will fight to stay familiar and be here at the end of it. All preparation, training, and speculation is over. All that's left to do is fight. So let's go to war. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick. And we're here. We've got ourselves a preview of the Titans week one. We're going to preview it ourselves. We have an interview with uh, Justin who covers, uh, another Justin who covers uh, the Tennessee Titans. And then we'll bring Danny King on for weather, fantasy, uh, Giant Factor pickums, and, and Giant score predictions. Justin, how are you feeling? It's week one. We long off season and we're here. Bobby, you went on a little spiel uh, on the podcast step as a as kind of a, a pump up. Uh, I, I kind of want to do that myself right now a little bit. I'm ready, man. Uh, I, I'm excited. Um, there's obviously a lot of there's new breath. Um, there's a lot of new faces on this team um, and a lot of new faces that we're very excited about, particularly on the coaching side. And I think on the management side uh, of this year. So you can think as a fan that 2022 doesn't matter in like the grand scheme of things, but teams that have rebuilt their teams the right way typically do not get worse before they get better at least not in the first year so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to you about some examples the chiefs andy reed's first year they went from 2 and 14 to 11 and 5 the rams sean mcveigh's first year they went 4 and 12 to 11 and 5 the browns went from 6 and 10 11 and 5 during during kevin stefanski's first year and even the 49ers with chip kelly in 2013 went 2 and 14 and then 26, or excuse me, 2016, Kyle Shanahan took that jump up to 6-10 and 10 his first year. So the point of showing this is not to say that the Giants should win double-digit games like some of the rest of these teams that did, but the way that quote-unquote like rebuilding teams show progress is by winning games and being competitive. The QB will come. Building from the draft will come. The only culture that is important to establish is a winning one, and it starts this year by expecting the Giants to be much better than they were last year. How yes. hi Bobby Skinner. And it's it's a low bar. It's a low bar. Um, you know, and I think coaching is gonna make up a huge difference, at least offensively, I think. Like this this offense has to look a lot better than it did the last two years. Like a, a good amount better. 
It really does. You know, defensively, they are missing a lot of guys they lost, you know. So the defense, if, if they're worse, I'm not worried about that. Um, but on especially on the offensive side, they have to look better. But we're going to get into this Titans preview, Justin, and we're going to talk about the Titans, <clears throat> which I'm excited to do. So for the Giants, path to victory. What have they got to do? What is this Titans team? Well, it's not a hot take to see, say that this Titans team goes as their run game and Derrick Henry goes. This is a team that can run the ball in diverse ways and they can create chunk plays out of the run game. Uh, you know, they are great at outside zone, split zone, getting outside of the tackles and the tight ends. Like if you look at their numbers on just running, running outside of the tight end. So they have good blocking tight ends. Jeff Swaim is their tight end one. They, um, they had, let's see, what was it? Uh, uh, outside of the tight end last the last two years on the left side and the right side of average five last year five yards per carry for 737 yards mm. that's and that's just for their running backs that's for their running backs got 737 yards just outside the tackles it's going to be a hard run game to stop because they're guess what they're great running it in between but Derek Derek Henry is is the heart and soul of this team they led the NFL in rushing attempts last year Derrick Henry missed nine games last year, and he was 10th in rushing attempts in the entire league, ninth in total yards. After missing over half the season, this guy was ninth in rushing yards. Um, you know, he's averaged 117 and 126 yards per game the last two years. He has 28 or 27 rushing touchdowns in his last 24 games. We'll talk about Tannehill and their defense and stuff, but that really is, that is the heartbeat of this Titans team is Derrick Henry in this run game. Yeah, and even last year without Derrick Henry, Bobby, the Titans passed the ball on first down 10% less than the average team did, and I think that had them 31st in the NFL on first down pass rate, um, and 8% less on second down as well for those early down pass rates. I mean, th this was the total last year, even when Derrick Henry was hurt. Bobby, I think the key to this game, it's going to have to be on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, it's looking like, you know, Danny King will talk about weather, but it's not looking that great. And honestly, it's kind of crazy how the last time that the Giants and the Titans played in 2018, Derrick Henry ran amok. The Giants couldn't score a single point, and the weather was absolutely shit and terrible, and I sat through there, and it was miserable. So really, I think the key to this game, Bobby, is get the Titans to third down and get them there often. Uh, when they're operating at their best, they are one of the teams in the NFL that avoids third downs the most. And typically, when you are an NFL team, if your third down rate is low, your, typically your winning percentage is pretty high. So even though they have a very run-heavy approach, they've done a solid job at avoiding third and longs throughout the last couple of years. Last year was a little different for the Tennessee Titans, and I think that's why you saw them regress offensively. So get them to third downs. Don't let Derrick Henry run amok. Um, I think the the key, the path to victory for the Giants defense here, and I think just this game overall, it's kind of it's kind of simple. Yeah, and their defense was really good last year, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, obviously. Derrick Henry is is the top of is is the star of the show, but they did end up still being the one seed last year. Maybe not the best one seed ever, but they did become the one seed in a tough AFC. And they um, just win games over half. <laughs> yeah, they're, you know, they're that's, well coached. That's the, that's the crazy thing about the Titans is that you know they're not a sexy team. You know, in teams like in the AFC, like, you know, even the, you know, you consider the Raiders, how they're, you know, Derek Carr has been throwing the ball around the yard, the Bills, the Chiefs, all these teams that are kind of airing it out, the Chargers with Justin Herbert. So the Titans are like the least sexy team out there. But even with Ryan Tannehill, who was a very, very good regular season quarterback, um, you know, at least b before last year, he was a good regular season quarterback. Um, so 
they just find ways to win. And I even mentioned that 2018 game where it was sloppy on both sides, uh, but the Titans just took care of business. And hopefully they don't replicate that again this Sunday. In the passing game, they are built off of the play action. Ryan Tannehill had the fifth most play action attempts last year, but it's not your normal play action. It's not the play action that Daniel Jones or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or, or most QBs usually do. It is under the center play action where they are running two-man, three-man routes looking for chunk plays. You know, like I said, he had the fifth most play action attempts. He had the 20th most uh, RPO passing attempts, which means this is not the you know, your, your typical shotgun play action. They're going to get under center, and they're going to run two-man and three-man routes. Oh, actually, a, a way that Jason Garrett... They do different stuff, but you know, remember Jason Garrett, a lot of the chunk play attempts yeah. were under the center, max protect. Or, Think of or, the John you know, Ross touchdown against the Saints. Yes, and, and other plays like that. Uh, you know, the Darius Slayton touchdown versus the Steelers. That's how they look for their chunk plays is by getting under center, running in breakers, you know, trying to find the holes in zone. And then when defenses are keying in on that, breaking uh breaking tendency and you, you know you look like you're gonna run a post nope it's a post corner and you got a guy open and Tannehill's got the ability to make those throws and get those chunk plays out of it and they've they've lived off that offensively so obviously you know you say oh we'll stop the run versus Derrick Henry well it's not that easy especially no, with the Giants not. personnel <laughs> we don't we we have O'Shane Zimenez starting who's not going to set a great edge um you know, uh, Austin, we lost Blake Martinez, Austin Calitro, and Tay Crowder will probably start the game. Um, we'll talk about it with their offensive line pass blocking struggles, but a lot of, I think a lot of the pressure is on Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence for yes. this game defensively. 100%. And I do think Jihad Ward is even going to get a lot of reps too. If they're going to go out of 12 personnel, if they're going to go heavy, especially with not having confidence in those wide receivers, um, Jihad Ward, who made some good plays against the Jets starters um, the last preseason game, uh, I think he's going to get a, a decent amount of run too as the nose tackle. I mean, this is why you know we have one nose tackle, basically one nose tackle on the roster if they're not going to use Dexter Lawrence in that role. So these guys got to step up. These big guys up front got to step up. So, um, so they're also very dangerous when they use pre-snap motion as well. 5.7 yards per attempt when using um, uh, when they do not use pre-snap motion, 5.7 yards per attempt, and 7.8 yards per attempt when they do use pre-snap motion last year. Now, how comfortable will they be running? Uh, how comfortable will they be actually running it with these wide receivers? Do they have trust in these wide receivers? Um, I'm pretty sure that's how coaches think sometimes. Um, we, we shall see. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a battle of weakness versus weakness when we talk about the Titans passing offense and the Giants secondary because wide receiver they are very unproven you have Robert Woods coming off of a torn ACL you have Nick Westbrook a kind who has I think he had 500 yards last year receiving who's either their number one or, or number two and then Traylon Burks who is he's going to get reps but he didn't have a good camp for the Titans obviously the, the rookie first round pick out of Arkansas so it's going to be a little bit of weakness versus weakness and then we're not, probably not going to have Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. Like no. I would be shocked if both those guys, if either one of those guys played. Their pass block, their offensive line can run block, but pass blocking is an issue. Now they lost David Questenberry, who was their right tackle last year and was their worst one, but they're replacing him with a third round pick in uh, Nicholas Petit Ferrer out of Ohio State, who's got beat, who had games where he looked really bad at Ohio State. You know, obviously against Michigan, and there was other games as well too, where you know against Penn State, Penn State. Uh, uh, had had some success, uh, or, or had some, some success rush, rushing versus that guy. So losing those two guys is going to be huge. Like if it really does suck to not have Kayvon and Aziz, 
because this would be a game those guys eat. Because even Taylor Lewan's their best left tackle, and he's a solid left tackle, but he's not anything special, especially as a pass blocker. Like, he's good, but he's not great, and he's able to be beaten. So losing those guys, I think it hurts more so this week and next week uh, versus the Panthers more so than other weeks because this is these are games where these guys should eat. Like, Aziz should have ate uh, if he played this this week. Yeah, and this will be a... Uh... I don't want to say it's going to be a huge test for Wink Martindale's defense because when you were literally without your second-round pick last year and then the fifth overall pick in this year's draft and those two guys are and you're hoping that they're foundational pieces of your defense, I don't want to say this is a huge test for Wink Martindale, but it's a huge test just to see how he can adjust and what he's going to do to try and factor in that the Giants are weak like all around. Their 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 run defense is weak, uh, at least on paper. But Wink Martindale has always uh, put together staffs that have been very very good at stopping the run. I do so think we're gonna be better at stopping the run this year, but this week will be tough. But it, it'll be it'll be a really really good test to see how good they will be uh, with the best. I think Derrick Henry, when right, is the best running back in the NFL. Um, and even with a you know, suspect offensive line, he is still able to put his own individual stamp on a game like those advanced metrics that we look at, rushing guards over expected. Derrick Henry is like tops in, in all those metrics. So um, we'll see, man. This game, I've defensively, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence got a ball. Uh, Nate Davis is one of their starting game, guards. He started. He played 14 games last year, gave up five sacks, 33 pressures. That's a lot for a guard. Aaron Brewer, who's less than 300 pounds, uh, he played 11 games last year, gave up six sacks, 14 pressures. So not the worst pressures in the world, but did give up six sacks. Leonard Williams has to eat this game. Leonard Williams and then, and Dexter Lawrence is too. You do get your fifth-year option picked up, rightfully so. But you, these two guys, can these two are what can be the difference maker of having a solid defensive game versus just a bad defensive game. If these guys are just playing average. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this defense roll. And I hope that I'm excited by the time two o'clock comes on Sunday. <laughs> Offensively for the Giants. I am excited to see the Giants offense. I, I am. You know, and I think this is a solid test because you do have a, a Titans defense, but they are very young at their cornerback position. Uh Harold Landry obviously towards ACL. This is going to be a good test for the Giants offense to start this season. They are a diverse defense, but they live and die by rushing four. They uh, had the they only blitzed nineteen point nine percent last year, which was the fifth least in the NFL. And they have the dogs to do it. Now they lost Harold Harold Landry, who was probably their best pass rusher, so that is huge. But you have Jeffrey Simmons, who had eight and a half, eight and a half sacks and sixteen QB yeah, hits last year from the defensive tackle spot. He's probably their best player on their defense is Jeffrey Simmons. Ben Bredesen, buckle up. Yeah, Danico Autry. Nine sacks, 18 QB hits. You know, we talked about in the interview, he might bump outside now that Landry's gone. And then even Bud Dupree, his numbers weren't good last year, but he was coming off the torn ACL. And, you know, we know how, you know, we were preparing for Bud Dupree on a week one, two years ago, and he did really well. Part of that was scheme, not blocking the backside. Um, But he's fast and he's going to come screaming off the edge. And in fact, if I were the Giants, I would. I would look to pick on Bud Dupree, though, in the RPO game because he's over-aggressive, and you can take advantage of that. So that's something I would be keying in on. Like, let's let's try and take advantage of of Bud Dupree. Like, yep. and, and, you know, you have Daniel Jones, who we've seen him have a lot of success on those RPO read options. Um, or not RPOs, just regular read options. If he's screaming down the line trying to get Saquon when you're running out of gun and you don't want to block the backside, Daniel Jones can – 
you know, you can design some good read options where you have wide receivers coming and cracking down linebackers and have a, a lead tight, you know, have Daniel Bellinger as a lead uh, lead back and and make some big plays on that. So you just you just got to play smart against this defense. But they do have like their secondary is young. Roger McCreary starting for them. Caleb, you know, their nickel corner Elijah Molden's out. Um, you know, so you can you can you can work versus 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 defense if you can if you can block up halfway decent. Yeah, you know. And the biggest key is Kadarius Tony is playing. I mean that 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 changes the offense entirely. I think it changes the offense more than, and this is not a knock on Saquon. It changes it more than Saquon Barkley, and I think Absolutely. it changes it more than Daniel Jones. I mean for one hundred percent. So the fact that Kadarius Tony is playing, I think it just opens up an element of the playbook that we barely got to see in camp, and we definitely didn't get to see in the preseason. Bobby, I just want to what I want to see from this game is I want to see kind of an early glimpse and early look at what the identity of this offense is going to be. Is it going to be we're going to try and push it down the field? Is it because they're only rushing four? You know, are we going to try and find holes in the zone? Whatever. Um, are we going to be super check it down to Saquon Barkley, get the yards after catch, Daniel Bellinger yards after catch, blah, blah, blah. Like what is the identity of this offense going to be? Are we really are we going to try and be a little bit more run heavy than I think Brian Dable maybe wants? Are we, is that run rate on first down maybe not going to be something that I'm totally happy with, but because of the personnel and because of how they feel about you know just their overall offense, are they going to be a little bit more run heavy than what Brian Dable was in Buffalo? So I, I'm just excited to see what is going to work and then what is not going to work from this Giants offense because I honestly think we have no clue we have no clue we haven't seen any specific plays outside of a drop touchdown and we saw a few hand-picked plays that were targeted for Kenny Galladay well you know we saw one Daniel Bellinger catch that went deep Saquon Barkley hasn't even played all that much like I have a feeling that hopefully we're going to be rolling out things that are going to make us go wow hmm and we're going to want to take a look at it um, when that all 22 comes up just to see how they executed it yeah you've got the element of surprise they do like to get like I, I watched some of their games from last year and they would go into the two high, but they'd run a lot of cover two. They weren't running, you know, a lot of teams in two high. They live in cover four. Cover two, man, you can get big plays out of it and easy big plays if you if they screw up on, like, you know, a read. Whether you, you can run a post wheel. You can run four verts and, and you got a guy open. You know, right, run flood to one side and there's going to be an open zone. So there should be guys open in space attacking those zones. They'll invert their uh, coverages. So if you're if they're inverting their coverages where a safety's crashing down and a corner's replacing him and you got two guys going deep on the same side on that, that's an easy big play. So there's a lot of different ways to attack this good defense that the Titans have. And again, their secondary is very young. Yeah. Um, and then third down, they'll mug their guys up and and do fire blitzes and have guys pop out and stuff. So they they do a lot of different things, and I, you know, those that's what good defenses do is they never, uh, you know, they 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 keep you on your toes. But at the end of the day, they are a, a rush rush for we're gonna we're gonna trust our guys to get there, and we're gonna be able to hold up on the back end and do different yeah. uh, throw different looks at you. Yeah, they're the fourth best in the NFL at preventing the explosive run, which for the fact that they rush forward, that does mean that their that their front seven is really, really good at stopping the run. So, yeah. you know, let's keep that let's keep that in mind when we're talking about, you know, hey, is Saquon Barkley maybe gonna break one. I'll be even more impressed if Saquon Barkley can break, you know, a couple you know, maybe one or two runs of ten plus yard ten plus yards, uh, when the Titans were so good at preventing that explosive run play. So again, man, I'm just excited to see what is the identity of the offense going to be at least for week one what's going to work what's not going to work what are they going to do because i i can't even fully tell you right now what exactly the giants kind of have up their sleeve 
before we get into the interview, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you have sure. a preference at left guard, uh, Devery Hamilton, Ben Bredesen, or Josh Azudu? Um, I, I'm going to say Ben Bredesen just because I know we saw him last year. He was hurt a lot last year, but Ben Bredesen was the pl- is the player that I think has like the most promise to be something in the NFL, even if it's just the depth piece. Whereas Devery Hamilton, I think, was a really nice preseason story, and we saw him really struggle during the Jets game. I know he was playing tackle, um, and then Josh Azudu is just not ready yet. I, I I just don't I don't think he's ready. So I prefer Ben Bredesen. How about you? This is one of those decisions where I can ma- you can make an argument for all of them, so I don't have a strong opinion on either. Uh, on, uh, like on like oh they got to play Devery or they got to you know because Bredesen wasn't good when he played last year had a good preseason game and missed some time so we didn't get to really see him more. Devery Hamilton did look good when he was at guard or run blocking when he was at tackle and then Azudu's obviously the future so I wouldn't be mad if hey they're slated starter and Shane Lemieux's out let's play Josh Azudu so the, I could be convinced of all of them. Um, so that's one of those things where it's, I just don't have a strong yeah. opinion on it but it's it's interesting that we kind of don't know for sure even though Bredesen's listed as the the guy on the depth yeah. chart. I think Bredesen is going to be the one that's going to be if like if the three of them are going to have disaster games, I think Ben Bredesen is going to be the one to have the least disastrous, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that's that's fair. That's fair. Um all right, anything else before we kick it to this interview? No. No. Let's uh let's talk about Manscaped, Bobby Skinner. Let's talk about it. Football is Back, we're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field, and your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped state of the art tech, will have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Speaking of football being rough, um. I have I am now through five parts of the Andrew Luck um series on the Athletic. Um football was very very rough on him. Um and it's actually very very good. I highly suggest uh you check that out. Add within an ad. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code giants. You know about the lawnmower 4.0. Um, there's all these different positions that you can set up. What comes in this performance package? I mean, running back, you have the weed whacker. Q- QB, of course, you have the lawnmower. On the offensive line, you have the crop preserver. At wide out, strongest duo in the league, the ultra-premium body wash and ultra-premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. At tight end, there's so many positions. Uh, the product that makes your tight end look tight. The anti-chafing boxer briefs. Uh, I mean, there's just... Manscaped has a whole team and a lineup of products. So this has got to be a Super Bowl winning roster, but don't take my word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Giants at 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Giants. Manscaped for turning your player into an MVP. All right, and here's Justin Mello of the Draft Network, and he covers the Titans for SB Nation and Music City Media. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. We start the week one meeting the opponent series uh, with Justin Mello of Draft Network. And then he also covers the Titans for Broadway Sports and SB, SB Nation's Music City Miracle. Justin, appreciate you coming on. And uh, are you scared of these New York Giants going into week one? Or, or are you scared? <laughs> I think the Giants fans are just, we have no idea what's going on with this team this year. 
Yeah, I think one thing Titans fans could be maybe underrating here, and Titans, uh, you know, all pro safety, Kevin Byer discussed this earlier this week in practice. First of all, week one is always difficult, right? No matter who you're playing against, it represents a unique challenge that I think fans sometimes overrate. You're talking about the identity of a team. Now, that challenge is, is, is multiplied when you're playing a team like the Giants that has a new coaching staff, right? Uh, a first-time head coach in Brian Dable. Sure, I, I imagine the Titans spent some time watching the Buffalo Bills last season in preparation um, for this matchup against the Giants. And if the Bills have been a common opponent of theirs, they've played the Bills several seasons in a row, played them last year in primetime. But I, I don't think Brian Dable is simply going to take the Buffalo Bills playbook and hit copy-paste, right, and bring it to the New York Giants. Like, sure, there are going to be some similarities, but there are also going to be some differences, right? And the, it's going to take a couple of series um, for the Titans to get familiar with those differences. So, so I don't know if the Tennessee Titans are overly fearful of this iteration of the New York Giants, but I do think there's a, probably a unique challenge here that's flying under the radar a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the Giants coaching staff is really polar opposites of what they were last year, you know, going from Jason Garrett uh, and Joe Judge to this Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, and then even maybe even on the negative side to at least start with the current personnel. But, you know, Patrick Graham as the defense coordinator, Wink Martindale, who the Titans are familiar with, are polar opposites where Patrick Graham started subscribing more to the too high bend, don't break. And Wink is Wink is in his own in his own league of, of, of defenses that he plays. Um, but want to get to some, you know, some uh, stuff, just kind of get the identity of the Titans team. And that's my first one. What, like, this Titans team, they were a one seed last year, obviously lost to the Super uh, or the AFC champs and the Bengals last year. But I feel like when you look up in the roster and it's like, what is the identity of this team, especially on defense? Like, What, what do you think is going to be the identity of the Shane Bowen defense, whether it's, you know, how they play the run or their bread and butter coverages they like to go to? Yeah, defensively. They hung their hat last season on being able to get pressure with their front four. That was a big thing for them. They were able to drop seven defenders into coverage and apply constant pressure on opposing quarterbacks with their front four. If you look up the numbers, uh, they blitzed uh, as little as almost any other team in the NFL. So that's really what they hung their hat on. They got a lot of sack production from guys like Jeffrey Simmons, Dina Kowatri, and Harold Landry. Those were their three horses last year. Uh, all three of them nearly... Uh, uh, produced double-digit sack numbers. Jeffrey Simmons, of course, had the three extra sacks in their lone postseason game against the Bengals. Uh, they play a lot of dime. They'll take a linebacker off the field and throw on an extra DB. I expect to see a lot of that again last year. Th that's why, you know, they've preached front multiplicity. You can't refer to this defense as, oh, it's a 3-4 defense and simply leave it at that. As, we, as you know, in today's league, this is a dime-driven league, right? It's all about getting faster and speedier um, on, on the field, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, they'll go to dime coverage, just a, a dime looks just about as much as any other team in the NFL. Uh, and, and it'll be curious to see how they employ that this year because they got a lot of defensive backs they're extremely high on. Uh, firstly, at the corner position, of course, with guys like Christian Fulton, Roger McCreary, Caleb Farley, Elijah Molden. Now, we probably won't see Elijah Molden on Sunday. He's missed... Uh, consecutive practices now with an ongoing injury, but they also traded for Ugo Amadi uh, in the offseason, a, a, a DB that I think spent, what, 10 days with the Philadelphia Eagles after they acquired him from Seattle in the J.J. Ortega-Whiteside trade. Uh, so they've got a lot of DBs that they're really high on. They're going to put them on the field. They're going to play fast and physical. Now, they lost Harold Landry 
right yeah. to a season-ending ACL injury. That That's a big loss. It's yet to be seen how they're going to recover from that and what the plan is. Last year, when they were down an outside linebacker, they often uh, kicked Dina Coatry outside and, and just kicked in another interior D lineman to his usual spot. That'll probably be Demarcus Walker this year, a former second-round selection of the Denver Broncos out of Florida State. Uh, Walker's bounced around the league a little bit. Uh, played for Houston, played for Denver. He now comes to Tennessee. They're really high on him. I actually expect him to see uh, the most uh, amount of snaps due to this Landry situation. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of names on the defense um, and guys who can do different things. Maybe this is speaking as a Giants fan, but it seems every defense has that one, like, hey, target this type of guy, whether it's in the passing game or running at this uh, defensive end. If there was one player and, and, and position – that is like, you know, this is a spot that other teams can try to expose. Is there somebody on the Titans defense that fits that mold? Well, I, I don't want to sound biased. I thought this defense was incredible last season. I don't think people realize how effective uh, this unit really was last year, how great they were, especially uh, when they started to catch fire about midway through the season. Um, if I were the New York Giants, I would probably first look to that number two corner spot opposite Christian Fulton, just because it's an unknown at this time. The indication is uh, when they've got two uh, corners on the field, that that's going to be rookie Roger McCreary. Uh, now he's a yeah. guy they're really high on coming out of Auburn. Or sec- they drafted him early in the second round was a bit of a surprise for Titans fans initially because the fan base didn't feel that they needed to draft a corner particularly early, but McCreary has come in. He's currently listed as the number two corner on the depth chart. It seems he's won that job opposite Fulton. Um, I would probably look that way first just because he's a rookie, right, playing in his first career NFL game. You also probably look at Caleb Farley, right, who's entering his second season. Last year was basically a redshirt year for him. He, He didn't really get to play any football. He started as a deep reserve and then eventually tore his ACL. Uh, I believe it was a week six game. It was actually a primetime game against the Buffalo Bills. Um, And you may remember Farley didn't play his final season of college football either, right? At Virginia Tech. So he's a guy that's really raw. Now, indications are McCreary has defeated him for the outside corner spot. Uh, but when they go to three corner, uh, when they go to, you know, dime and they, they put an extra uh, DB, extra corner on the field, what you're probably going to see, especially because Elijah Molin is out, uh, is a, allegedly going to be out with an injury. Uh, you'll probably see Caleb Farley on the boundary with Roger McCreary kicking inside uh, in those looks. So uh, you got a couple of raw inexperienced DBs there in Roger McCreary and Caleb Farley. Now the team is extremely high on both players. But they're both uh, essentially making their NFL debuts on Sunday, right? So when they're on the field together, they'll want to stress things like communication. Perhaps there's an opportunity for the Giants to expose there. Yeah, and especially corners, it seems to be one of the toughest positions to translate from college to the pros. And, I mean, those are both guys I like, Caleb Farley and McCreary. I was just like, man, I just wish your arms were a little longer and I'd be pounding on the table for you. I, I, I liked him so much. But I, I- I think everyone probably felt that way about McCurry, but this is going to sound sort of uh, strange, but doesn't he just, he strikes me. And I, of course, working at the draft network, I did a lot of work on Roger McCurry. He strikes me as that kind of guy that I bet on. Like, yeah, yeah, the arms are short, but I wouldn't bet against him having a successful NFL career. And the Titans are so high on him. Like he came into training camp as the underdog, right? Everyone certainly felt that Caleb Farley was going to win that starting job. I mean, the Titans secretly probably wanted him to, right? You're a a former first round pick in your second year. You technically have one more uh, year of experience under your belt 
to Roger McCreary. Although it's interesting when you look at the actual football played and snaps, uh, McCreary's played a lot more college foot played a lot more college football than Farley did, right? So you question who's the more experienced corner of the two, but I certainly think Farley was the hands-on favorite to win that job initially, but they were just blown away with how prepared McCreary showed up at pra- how he showed up at practice on a daily basis. Yeah. McCreary was a fun watch. Even, you know, Jamar Chase got the best of him a few times, but you go back to that, his freshman year and then uh, him versus Jahan Dotson was a fun matchup to go and watch. On the flip side. And that Alabama game. Not yeah. to cut you off, but that Alabama game this past season, I think he was targeted something like 16 times. And, and it, was, there was, it was there was good and bad in that tape. So I don't think I've ever had that much fun scouting a cornerback individual game and performance because it's not every day you get to turn on a tape and see a corner get targeted 15, 16 times. The, just side note, I, if when I, a corner might be one of my weaker things I know how to evaluate in the draft. So I just love watching them in the SEC because, like, all right, at least we're going to get some man coverage. You know, like, Georgia corners are easy to evaluate. You know, where Washington corners, it's, like, it's hard to see what this cover three hand corner does. But on the flip side, right, your guys' wide receiver room, it seems like a, a huge question mark. And, you know, going into it, I mean, you have Robert Woods coming off the injury. You know, Nick Westbrook, a kind who, you know, had some production for you guys last year, but, you know, into a role. And then, and then rookie Traylon Burks, who – you know, this could be from the outside in, but it, it seemed you heard reports of not a great camp. What's the dynamic of the wide receiver group right now? I think everyone's anxious to find out, right? Where, where my money's on is when they're in two receiver sets, uh, expect Robert Woods and Nick Wisbrook Akine to start on the outside. Uh, what I can say about those two players is Robert Woods uh, all summer long showed terrific progress getting past the injury. I, I believe it was on the very first day of camp he already had shed the knee brace, was, was running essentially limitation-free. They've been really impressed um, with how he's bounced back from that injury. I will say the fit in the offense is excellent. He's coming over to uh, schematically what's a similar offense to what he played in in Los Angeles. This offense is still very much sort of comes from that Shanahan-McVay tree. They haven't, you know, th- there's now three offensive coordinators removed, Tennessee is, from Matt LaFleur. But the overall offensive identity and approach hasn't changed since LaFleur uh, installed his system. And of course, LaFleur had come over from L.A., right, as their offensive coordinator. So Robert Woods is coming to an offense that he knows extremely well. He's one of the best blocking receivers in the NFL. Yeah. That's obviously a great thing for this offense with Derrick Henry in their backfield. So the fit is ideal. I certainly understand questioning how a, you know, a 30-year-old receiver is going to look after tearing his ACL last year. All, all early indications are they're, they're very pleased with where he's at from a health perspective. Nick Westbrook-Akine is someone I, I, I kind of like to refer to as a coach's pet. Um, every time uh, wide receivers coach Rob Moore, offensive coordinator Todd Downing, anytime they're trying to teach something, you'll often hear, I won't do it like Nick Westbrook does it. He can play all three positions in their offense. He's one of their only guys that, that has that ability and has that knowledge to move around the formation and play all three positions. Now, he's not an overly dynamic receiver athletically, and that's why Titans fans sometimes have a difficult time getting overly excited about him, but he's a technically sound, savvy, big-bodied receiver, and all he's done is, is, is gotten better every year he's been in the league, now entering his third year as an undrafted free agent out of Indiana, right? He deserves a round of applause for the progress he's made. Now, when they, when they shift to 11 personnel, that'll be interesting to see who joins them on the field, or do they remove Nick Westbrook? Does rookie Traylon Burks and fellow rookie Kyle Phillips 
um, enter yeah. the fray. They're extremely high on Kyle Phillips. I mean, it's obviously early. He hasn't played his first professional game yet, but this very much is starting to feel like, um, you know, the mistakes teams constantly make every year, passing on the Julian Edelmans, passing on the Wes Welkers, passing on the Hunter Renfros of the world. Kyle Phillips seems to be cut from that same cloth. And I know it feels like a cheesy comparison, right? He's, you know, undersized, you know, slot receiver, uh, but it, it, he certainly displayed those type of traits throughout training camp. All he did all summer long was get open and catch the football. So it'll be really interesting to see. I, I think these receivers are going to uh, rotate in and out of the lineup. Uh, they believe in uh, attacking certain matchups. So this isn't going to look the same every week, the way they use, especially guys like Burks, uh, Westbrook, Akine, and Kyle Phillips. So th- these guys will rotate in and out of the lineup based on matchups. But I understand that the line, the opposite line of thinking where all four guys are question marks, right? Again, Robert Woods, a year removed from the ACL, you got two first-year players in Burks uh, and, and Phillips. And as you said, Burks at times didn't enjoy the most fruitful offseason. It certainly wasn't the best um, uh, uh, preseason period for him either. Uh, I, there are varying factors involved with that. I, I don't think he does. He deserves all of the blame for sort of the lack of preseason success um, that, that he experienced, but uh, certainly a lot of questions. And their fifth receiver, Racy McMath, who they were entering the year high on uh, was showing a capability to be a deep threat guy in training camp is starting the year on IR with a hip injury. So uh, that's another guy that they're down uh, going into this game against the Giants. Yeah, I remember him watching him at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago, as well as Des Fitzpatrick, which I liked him. I know things haven't went well with them. It's going to be interesting that, though, because you mentioned there's a lot of question marks there. The Giants' biggest weakness is cornerback, too. Like, Adore Jackson's been phenomenal for them. Obviously, you guys are familiar with him. Um, he came over and, and was top five in yards per target, yards per uh, reception allowed in the NFL. Cornerback, too, is a, is a big weakness where they've probably got a nickel corner and Aaron Robinson playing on the outside. Um, and that's 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 the position the Giants are, are Giants fans are dreading watching. So there might be a good first game for the Titans to figure that out. Well, well, I'll be very interested in watching on how those matchups unfold, because one thing I will say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think Titans fans are entering this game expecting the Giants to play a lot of man coverage, challenge the Titans receivers on the outside, challenge them to win one-on-one, and obviously kind of let that front seven um, focus on, on, on stopping the run, right, and trying to stack the box and stop. Derrick Henry and maybe even having a, you know, a safety creep up towards the line of scrimmage uh, as extra help. So I I think they're going to challenge these receivers to win one-on-one and the time they they have to prove they can do that. Right. Especially if if it's a Nick Westbrook against an Aaron Robinson or a Traylon Burks against Aaron Robinson. Um, You know, who knows how that matchup goes. Last question I'll ask. I was going to ask you about a Malik Willis package, but you, no one knows that until we, we, we see one. Um, Ryan Tannehill took the second most sacks last year. Right tackle gave up a lot of pressures last year, but he's gone. Uh, and they replaced him with uh, uh, Nicholas uh, Petit Ferrer, the third rounder. You lose Saffold. How does that pressure usually come around, uh, come to Ryan Tannehill? Is it like equally like issues along the line, or is it like it's a lot of interior pressure, or is he getting, you know, coming off the edge with the tackle? Yeah, I, I thought there were varying issues with it last year. Certainly the right tackle, David Kissenberry, allowed a team-high 11 sacks. Um, I think it was actually a league-high 11 sacks. I don't think it was just team-high. I believe it was league-high. But they've now replaced them with a third-round rookie and Nicholas petit Friere. 
Um, again, another unknown right now. He may catch a break on Sunday based on the status of uh, Aziza yeah. Jalari and, and Tavon like Thibodeau. Playing. We'll see how those guys. I'm sorry. I was going to say, yeah, it doesn't look like they're playing and the death behind them is pretty, pretty weak. Yeah, so Petit Friere may catch a break uh, on Sunday if that's the case for his, for his first NFL game. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I thought the two players uh, on the front uh, file, on the offensive line, who were the worst in pass protection for the Titans last season are both now gone, and that being David Kissenberry. And people are surprised when I say Roger Saffold, but, but the honest truth was Roger Saffold was not very good in pass protection last year. He battled through a shoulder injury all season long that, that really hampered and hindered his ability in pass pro. Now, he was still really good in the run game, uh, but certainly was a bit of a liability in pass protection. I think was partially why they felt comfortable, uh, you know, cutting him and saving as much money as they did against the cap. But now you have, you have a new starter at left guard in Aaron Brewer, who's a third year undrafted free agent, I believe out of Texas state. It yeah. is undersized. One of the very few NFL offensive linemen that's listed under 300 pounds. Now this is Brewer's third year in Tennessee. He has started a number of games, started a lot of games for them last year at right guard when Nate Davis was out injured. And Brewer has played really well in, in spot starter duty. So they're very high on Aaron Brewer. But certainly anytime you got a, you know, a 285, 295 pound uh, left guard, there gonna, are going to be some questions there. Uh, so I, I thought the offensive line performed rather poorly last season, especially in pass protection. It, it, it was really bad. I'd even go as far as saying. I, I do think they expect improvements this year. You know, Taylor Lewan at left tackle last year had his struggles. The indication is now that he's a, a, a full year removed from a torn ACL. We've seen a history of that, right? Once, a guy's, once guys get a full year removed from the ACL, they tend to play better. Right guard Nate Davis talked about having COVID not once, but twice during the, uh, the offseason and season last year. Talked about how that impacted his conditioning. This, oh, they struggled with stunts. They struggled with communication. Um, there, there are questions still, obviously, at left guard and right tackle. But those two positions were their worst positions last year. So I think it's fair uh, for them to feel that they're probably going to get uh, better this year. Justin, appreciate you coming on and helping us preview this uh, Giants-Titans week one game. Very excited for it. Where can people f uh, find you to get some Titans updates for the game and then after that for some uh, draft takes? Yeah, pleasure is all mine. Uh, uh, listeners can follow me on Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL. Uh, if, if you're not a fan of the Tennessee Titans, uh, a lot of work for the draft network. We're doing like, we're doing like four or five articles a day, every single day. I, I am personally doing four or five articles a day, every day on the draft network. Our coverage is vast. Uh, head over there. We've got a new uh, top 100 big board. We released uh, in the month of August, there'll be another update coming. Uh, so we're already knee deep uh, in, in the 2023 NFL draft coverage over at the draft network. I appreciate you guys. And you guys always have the most accurate mock draft machine every year. It's, it's the most accurate. So uh, you know, we are, we know our listeners we appreciate like to draft that. a lot of work goes in, into that. Uh, a lot of work goes into that, that mock draft machine. So <laughs> we appreciate the compliment and uh, a lot more draft coverage. And uh, you know, if the giants are, uh, you know, if they end up looking for a quarterback in next year's draft, our scouting department, you know, incredibly high on Kentucky's Will Levis right now. Uh, we're, we're, we're on that train. Uh, a couple of our scouts are pretty heavy on that train. So it'll be interesting to see uh, Will Levis against Anthony Richardson. This yeah, week. we're enamored uh, with Richardson right now. So we, if we're looking for a quarterback, uh, Giants fans are going to get the most clicks on Draft Network next offseason. So. <laughs> Certainly will. Justin, appreciate you, man. Pleasure was all mine. Hey, Sean, you better hope I never get back in there.
Alright, thanks to Justin Mello. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. Whether it's uh, football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. Justin, did you get your tickets for the Titans game? Which you're going, you're, I mean, you're in, you're in uh, Nashville. Did you get yes. those tickets on SeatGeek? I did, and I used promo code GIANTS. Because I'm a smart human being. There you go. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good, red means bad. It's basically like traffic. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Don't worry, we've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off uh, tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. All right, we're back. And Woo! we now welcome back onto the show for weather, maybe even a little bit of trivia, weatherman Danny King. Danny, how's it going? It's going good. I'm ready. I'm I'm just so ready for a Giants game on Sunday. I'm prepared to hurry, but I'm also prepared to have fun because Sundays are more fun with football. And Justin's in Tennessee, so this weather report actually means something, not, not just no regular away weather report. So Sunday, week one in Tennessee, it's apparently going to be hot. Like, like gross hot. Like, it's going to be like kind of like disgusting. It's going to be 80 degrees, but it's going to feel like 88 because there's 89% humidity oh, in dude. Nashville on Sunday. And it pretty much stays that way throughout the entire game. Yeah, by the fourth quarter, it's saying it's going to be 85. I read there might be some rain in the morning, so maybe it'll cool it down and this will be a complete lie. Or maybe we'll just heat it right back up. So maybe, Justin, you might not enjoy sitting there. Or you might, if they're winning, it might be making more enjoyable. I just hope it doesn't rain. Yeah, the rain. I, I saw some people say it might rain, but I so, don't think I mean, it is. Well, no, you need you to tell me? people? You're the weatherman. I was in the chat, and I saw some people say there's going to be some thunderstorms. But I'm saying, you know what? That's just a lie, I think, because uh, there's not an ounce of rain on my radar. On I my... swear to God. Danny? Please let there be rain, and we can play this clip. <laughs> Not an ounce of rain is heading towards Nashville, guaranteed. <laughs> After 425. That's a weatherman, Dan, guarantee. guarantee. No rain in the forecast. Guarantee. I do have trivia, by the way. All right, let's everything. get some trivia. This one's pretty laid back this week just because I fought, you know, Tennessee Titans first game. Let's just keep it simple. So the New York Giants have played the Titans 12 times. Now, now a little, little uh, quick trivia right here. How many times have they played uh, the uh, Houston Oilers, you know? Because they were still technically the Titans. I'm going to say more. five times. Five. Justin, how many for you? Is it more or less? Can we get a hint? No. Uh, Bobby, let's say it's less than, is not above what Bobby said. Oh, well, that you're just giving him like a 25% chance at winning. Well, I forgot what he said. So uh, four, So it's four. I'm going to go with three. Uh, Bobby, you were right. It was five times. Wow! They played the Oilers Damn. five times, right on the money. I also learned they were the Tennessee Oilers for a year or two. That was interesting, the more you know there. But uh, so what's the overall record of the series? They've played them 12 times. What's that record? What's that record? We're doing a doubling up on trivia. I don't know, uh, eight and four. Mm-hmm. I'm going four and eight. Uh, it's six and six. The series tied headed mm, into Sunday. Huge game this Sunday. Huge game. This determines everything. This determines the entire season if we're being a buck. That's one of the worst games that I've ever seen in my life when Matthias Kiwanuka misses that tackle on Vince Young in 2006. It's, that's, that's a terrible, terrible <clears throat> moment in my life. <laughs> All anyway. right. So we now, so we have segments. We got, you know, we do spread picks. We do giant factors. And then 
We do a fantasy draft. So uh, if this is your first time living, listening to one of our preview pods, we do four rounds and we select players from the Giants and then the team they're playing. Um, it's just fun competition for us. But also I think it, it gives us like, hey, let's talk about this player for a quick second, kind of give your thoughts on them and what you're expecting. And then we, we keep up our points for the whole year. Last year, Justin uh, finished in last, only 37 points back behind the winner. And then... Danny beat me by seven points last year, and it will never get better than it did last year. We had two lead changes in the fourth quarter of the last game, four lead changes in the game overall. And that again, this is cumulative points throughout the whole year. So that was a good one. So Danny's the defending champion, and he has decided to pick first. So Danny, who are you starting the 2022 fantasy draft off with? I mean, I'm not going to hype it up. It's quite obvious who I am picking. It, it, it is going to be Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is a beast. I love Derrick Henry, and I believe he'll probably have a field day on this Giants defense. It's just the gut feeling I have. I hope I'm wrong, but I just think Derrick Henry is going to eat. Especially, he's got a lot to prove this year because he missed a lot of time last year. I think he missed nine games with injuries, which hurt me and my fantasy team. So maybe I shouldn't be picking Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry is just going to get points. That's just as it is because the Titans love running the football. It's as simple as just like that. Yeah, we talked about it at the beginning. Derrick Henry's, you know, Justin said he, when he's right, it's the best back in the league. They run the ball more than anybody in the NFL. It's a pretty easy pick. So with I am picking second, and my pick was just going to be one or the other on who Danny picked, but I knew who it was going to be. I'm going to say Quan Barkley. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a lot of unknowns with this Giants receiving core, the Titans wide receiver core. It's even more unknown of what they are, which is just kind of hard to do because we, we haven't seen this wide receiver core out there together in general or with Brian Dable. So... To me, Saquon's the easy pick, and you know this is PP, uh, PPR, and he's going to get the ball thrown his way. So uh, I I know that I at least have I ha- I think I have a high floor and a high ceiling with Saquon Barkley. So I'm taking Saquon Barkley. So Justin, you have the next two picks. I picks. certainly have a low floor and a high ceiling with this guy. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Kadarius Tony. Um, yeah, he was third on my big board. Unleash him, like unleash him. Like if there's one week where you know Kadarius Tony hasn't played a preseason game he hasn't played live football um you know outside of what they did in training camp in a very very long time they've managed his reps they've uh, you know they did the load management this summer all throughout and whether you thought it was frustrating and the last couple weeks he's been out there and he's been practicing which is which is good and some of the beat reporters have been saying that he's been looking good unleash him let's rock and roll um let's see if he can make it through one game and then we'll get excited for week two but Kadarius Toney um, he's going to be the third pick. Something that's also interesting to note, too, I want to keep track of Danny. You know, the the league winner last year at 584 points. I had 546. I want to keep track of this year because, you know, we pick the Giants every week and the Giants are abysmal. I want to keep track of if our fantasy league, like when are we going to get to 584 points? I want to kind of keep track of if we eclipse that total from the previous year. That'll be a good reflection on the Giants and the Giants defense. In 2020, you won it with 630 points, so not even that much more. But and that was with that- one less game. Yeah. Isn't that oh, crazy? Yeah. Okay, so so you basically got like two more games of production, essentially. Uh, like two solid games of production uh, more than you did last year with one less game. It's so. crazy. All right, and then I'm going to go around and I'm going to get Robert Woods. Um, I, I don't think Dory Jackson is solely going to be following him uh, the entire time. Uh, I think there are going to be some reps where maybe Aaron Robinson's on him. Um, and I hope that Aaron Robinson can slow down Robert Woods, but I think him just being the number one wide receiver just makes sense. Yeah, it's it's the best bet, and he's looked good in camp for them. Um, all right, for my second pick... 
I'm thinking about going strictly to the big board, but I also know maybe I can get this guy on the wraparound. I'm going to deviate from the big board. Because part of me just wants to pick this guy anyways. Kenny Galladay. I don't think he's as bad as the preseason narrative around him. And I do still think he's like the number he's like the number one, like he's the X wide receiver in this offense. And that guy should get targets. And Kenny Galladay is better than what uh what people are saying about him. And I, I really do believe that. So uh I'm going Kenny Galladay after that. You know, it's just this guy was signed four years for $72 million for at least some reason, okay? And we were all excited about it, and I could be – I'm willing to be – I'm willing to jump off the, the train of, of Kenny Galladay um, and say he's a total bust, and this is this is the absolute worst ever, but I'm not there yet, so I'm, I'm riding it this week. Danny, you have back uh, two, two picks. I do have two picks, and I was kind of hoping you wouldn't take Galladay there, but you did, so I'm kind of frustrated at that. But I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna take Austin Hooper because he's the Titans number one tight end according to their depth chart and the Giants linebackers are kind of iffy right now. So I wanna I think Austin Hooper can maybe have a little fun with them and maybe he'll get a few red zone targets down in the red zone, like I just repeated twice. And then my second pick will be Sterling Shepard. I just I just Sterling Shepard I feel like is just gonna he's Daniel, one of Daniel Jones' favorite receivers. I don't see why Daniel Jones won't and it won't have that connection back with him once again. So give me Shep as the runaround. Is Hooper active? It's, he's on the list. Am I crazy? Did I put him on the list? No, you did not. And I, th- oh, I think he's I'm okay. I'm actually dumb. No, I think he's okay. I think he is playing. I, I checked ESPN beforehand, and Austin Hooper was. They do have points for him. So I'm either... I'm- Digging an early hole? The Titans or? depth chart. They, the officials' Titans depth chart didn't list him. I'm looking at the Titans depth chart right now. That's how I got Austin Hooper. Yeah, I guess it's on there. That's that's bad foresight by me. That's I'm I'm pretty detailed about the rundowns I sent you guys, and I screwed up on that. Huge. I, the guy who was fourth on my big board, um, and that I wanted to take, but I didn't because I knew Danny wanted to take him. Nick Westbrook, a kind. He's their wide receiver, too. Our cornerback, too, is a huge issue. I'm getting him in the third round. I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't know exactly what he's going to be, but I, I'm, I'm living with that. Simple enough. All right, Justin, your last two picks. My last two picks. One, I'm going to go with Daniel Bellinger. Um, I think Daniel Bellinger oh. you know, may not get a lot of volume, but I think there's a good chance that maybe he catches a touchdown. Um, I would really like to see that. Um, now, this is tough. Um. Is if Derrick Henry's on like a pitch count, I'm I mean Hassan Haskins from Michigan is one of those guys that has a kind of a similar running style, except he's just a lot smaller and obviously not as good as Derrick Henry. Um, but I am gonna go, I'll just go with the Giants bias. I'm gonna go Wandell Robinson. Like let's let's see let's see him work let's see this work the screen game. You know, if if there's gonna be bad weather, um, you know, if the ball's gonna be wet, the ball's gonna be slick. Um, if the if we're trying to find out what works on the offensive side of the ball, they had some success with that during the preseason. Uh, but let's see Wanda Robinson kind of get him involved. Um, you know, get get his sea legs under him in the NFL. Get get him some catches under his belt. Um, you know, PPR. Even if I have four manufactured catches, one's a push pass. I'll take it. All right, my last pick. I'm going also going to a rookie wide receiver who plays in the slot, but he's. You know, six inches taller and way bigger, Traylon Burks. 
Uh, I know he hasn't had a great camp, but he is their first-round pick, and I, they're going to want to get him involved. And it's not like he's got world beaters ahead of him on the depth chart and the Giants' secondary suspect. So I'm, I'm going Traylon Burks. Danny, finish it off. Hmm. <laughs> there was a part of me that really wanted to take uh, <laughs> Darius Slayton. Just because... By the way, glad he's a New York Giants still. Oh, yes. Good job. By... It's, I, I, I hate it for the person having to take a pay cut, but I'm... I was dreading that they were just going to cut him, and I'm glad that they he's still a New York Giant. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just going to – first week, I, I, I'm not afraid to possibly play a little cautious. I'm going to take the Titans' backup running back and Dontrell Hillard because I think Derrick Henry, they don't want to kill him in the first game. I think yeah. Dontrell Hillard will get some reps and uh, maybe rack up some points for me. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, so to recap, Danny has Derrick Henry, Austin Hooper, Sterling Shepard, and Dontrell Hillard. I have Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Traylon Burks. And then Justin Oskadarius, Tony Robert Woods, Daniel Bellinger, and Juan Dale Robinson. All right, next segment, Giant Factors. This is essentially an X-Factor, but we're a giant show, so we call it Giant Factors. Um, and I'll explain that a few weeks in, and then uh, then you're just going to have to figure it out. Danny, since you have the first pick in fantasy, you have the first shot at Giant Factors. I mean, I might be screwing someone here because I think it's an obvious choice. My giant factor this week will be uh, Kenny Galladay because all the talk about him this offseason and free training camp are like he's not really trying or he doesn't look like he's trying, doesn't seem really into it. The talks like the whole regime just maybe wanted to move on from Kenny Galladay after this season. He's got a lot of show for it because he's got a fat contract that he did not live up to last year. Granted, that was because bad scheme, Jason Garrett, blah, blah, blah. We all know. I think Kenny Galladay's got a ball out. He's got to be a reliable target for Daniel Jones this year. And uh, he's got to be that guy. You got a fat contract. You are playing in New York. The media is going to be all over you no matter how bad you do. You just got to look like you care. And uh, this week one's uh, going to set the tone, I think, for the rest of the season for Galladay and how he'll be viewed by everyone. So Kenny Galladay, do something to, uh, Sunday. Be this is essentially the most pressure Kenny Galladay has ever been in his football playing career Easily. is this week. Easily. All right, my giant factor. He was my week one giant factor in 2020. Five seconds. Can anybody guess who it was? Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Ocean Zimenez. <laughs> he might be the number one F- edge uh, player on this roster. Their pa- their yeah, their right tackle should be. If if Oshane Zimenez is, is supposed to be on this roster and supposed to be ahead of Jahab Ward and, and Timon Fox and Ellison Smith and Quincy Roche and truly supposed to be the third guy in this rotation. He should win versus Nicholas Petit Ferrer, and I don't think it's it's the wildest thing in the world to say that. Like he he if if this is what they view of him, he should win this matchup versus this guy. Okay, this guy is not ready to be a starting tackle in the NFL. O'Shane Zimenez should win against this. I said, you know, I picked you as my giant factor in the beginning of 2020 to be like, hey, now you got a starting role. Let's see it. Well, guess what? You're back in a starting role. Uh, you know, we need you to set the edge as well in the run game. Okay, I'm not expecting him to be great, but you got to be, you can't be horrible. You can't be getting blown up. So, O'Shane Zimenez, man, this this coaching staff believes in you. Give them a reason to continue to believe in you and do not crap the bet on this. O'Shane Zimenez, you are my giant factor for week one versus the Tennessee Titans. Justin. I said his name. I was originally going to go with Austin Calitro. Who cares about that? Saquon Barkley is going up against the best running back in the National Football League. Saquon Barkley is on a contract year. There's a lot of people like myself who don't 
Number one, believe in Saquon fully. And number two, don't want Saquon Barkley to be back on a long-term deal. That does not mean that I'm not rooting for Saquon Barkley. I 100% am. But you're playing, on the other side, the best running back in the NFL. Be better in this game than the best running back in the NFL. Go and show that you're the Saquon Barkley of 2018, 2019. You're running behind or in front of the best offensive line that you've had in your entire career. Let's see it. Set the tone. Saquon Barkley is my giant factor. All right. Very nice, fellas. Uh, I know people are listening are football fans, right? Well, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. How would you figure it out? We're doing a whole preview for it. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Excited about it. And guess what? We're about to be in our pick uh, against the spread segment, and I'm betting on my picks this year. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Picks. Uh, pick them. Can uh, I make an pick- announcement? Make an announcement. An announcement. So, Bobby and I are in a John Boy Media against the Spread League this year. Uh, I don't know when the graphic is coming out. So there's uh, Jake Storielli, Bobby Skinner, Trevor Plouffe, Dan Canobio of JM Boxing, and then myself. So each week we're going to compete against um, each other with one spread pick, and the winner, after the regular season, is going to win a trip to the Super Bowl. So how do you like that? That's kind of crazy, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, we, one of us has to win that. We cannot let somebody else win that. No, especially if you just Dan use my Canobio? picks. Like last year, just use my picks, and well, then you'll be going to the Super Bowl. Again, this year, I am doing uh, a small bet on every game that we do. Um, obviously, bet responsibly. And then I'm doing an eight-game parlay on all my picks. Um, so I, I, I'm putting like so I'm putting $5 on each game and then $10 on eight-game parlay. If I win that, I win like 2000 bucks. And oh. I went and looked. Last year, there was one week where I went 8 and up. So... Um, it could be good. But if you guys want to win, follow Danny King. Or maybe he'll just totally fall on his face. Last year, he went 83-55 and 55 against the spread. That is insane. Like, that is an insane number. I went 73-65. and 65. Uh, The listeners went 68-70. and 70, uh, And then Justin went 65-73. and 73. So I, I'm very invested in this this year. First game, Thursday night football, season opener. We got the Bills at the Rams plus two and a half. So the Bills are on the road against the Super Bowl champs and two and a half point favorites. Guys, I went back and forth on this all day long because the Rams are the defending Super Bowl champs and they, they deserve their respect. But I just think the Bills are a bad matchup for them. You know, uh, the Bills have those two good safeties. That's going to give Matt Stafford issues when they do want to work it deep. They have Teron Johnson, who's a great run fitting nickel corner. They lost Vaughn Miller and now he's on the Bills. They lost um, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, losing Andrew Whitworth. I, I'm going with the Bills. I just think they're the better team, even though this was tough. Like you got Jay, like the Rams are still a great team, but I am going Bills minus two and a half. Justin, who do you got in this? I agree. I feel like Bills fans are kind of de facto Giants fans, and I feel like Giants fans are kind of de facto Bills fans this year. Mm-hmm. Danny King has always been a Bills guy, but mm-hmm. I feel like now I'm I'm also circling the wagons. Yeah. So Bills minus two and a half. 
Like the I, listeners went Bills as well, uh, represented by si- Simon Zerfowski, one of our Patreons this week. Patreon. Danny, who are are you? Are we all circling yeah. the wagons this week? Yeah, it, like it wasn't even consideration, which is obvious because the wagons are going to circle hard. The Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year. All the tables in Arizona are going to be destroyed. All the tables in LA tonight will be destroyed. It's just Buffalo because they just circle the wagons. All right, let's make these quick, quick picks. All right, well, I'm tweeting out. All right, next we got Patriots at Dolphins minus three and a half. Listeners went Dolphins minus three and a half. Danny, what are you going? Uh, Dolphins. I love the Dolphins. I think they're just going to be good this year. Justin. Patriots plus three and a half. You can't can't stop Bill Belichick. Week one, Dolphins new staff, Patriots plus three and a half. That three and a half point line makes it really tough because I do think the Dolphins, like the Dolphins have a lot of talent and Mike McDaniel is like, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, even though he's not the best fit in like their run game, but like, and two or three and zero versus Bill Belichick, and there's been some opening games in there. Um, but I am going the Dolphins. I just think they're the better team, and I think they'll they'll cover that spread. But that's that's a tough spread right there. And the listeners are also going Dolphins. Next game, the Baker Mayfield Bowl. Browns at Panthers minus one. Panthers are a one point favorite at home. I really wanted to go, like, it's a revenge game for Baker Mayfield. Like, he's going to dial in and he's going to win this game. But the Panthers' offensive line is still bad, and the Browns have Miles Garrett. I know they got Jacoby Brissett, but they do have they just have better talent all over the field. I'm going Browns plus one. The listeners went Panthers minus one. Justin, what are you going? I'm going Panthers minus one. Um, even though it's not an upset, uh, I am going to, like, in my brain, I'm going to consider this an upset. Like yeah, so I think the Panthers have a sneaky good defense. Um, and if Baker Mayfield, you know, he has some good targets that he's throwing to. So if Baker Mayfield can be better than, you know, a Sam Darnold, which I think is likely. So Panthers minus one. They're going to win. Danny. I think Baker does himself in because he'll be thinking too much about, again, a revenge on this team. Browns but, plus one. But pissed off Baker is the best Baker. That's, the, that's the dangerous Baker. But I think it's also it can end up being his worst enemy. So you got Browns? Yeah. All right. Next, we got. The Steelers at the defending AFC ch- uh, Championship Bengals, who are a, a six and a half point favorite, minus six and a half. Um, the Steelers have a lot of talent, and as much as Mitchell Trubisky sucks, he's going to be better than what Ben Roethlisberger was last year. Najee Harris, I think, is going to have a great year running the ball. I do think the Bengals are going to win this game, but I think the Steelers are going to cover. I got the Steelers plus six and a half. Danny. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the Steelers are still a talented team. Plus, uh, minus six and a half just seems a little too much. So, give me plus six and a half Steelers. Justin. Bengals get out to an early lead. Don't look back. Steelers can't throw the ball. Bengals minus six and a half. All right. The listeners are disagreeing with you. They are going Steelers. Chiefs at Cardinals plus six. What? Justin, what do you got on this one? This says... Oh, oh, never mind. Um... Cardinals are gonna keep it close, right? They're they're not gonna get beat by six. So Cardinals plus six. I don't like the Cardinals this year, by the way. Like I, I think they're really gonna crash and burn, but week one they're not going to. The Cardinals always start out hot. Yeah. And this is a big spread. But the Chiefs are my Super Bowl team this year, and I think the Chiefs are gonna be awesome. Like you lose ty- people like people think because they lost Tyreek Hill, they're a worse they got became a worse team. Like losing Tyreek Hill definitely hurts, but they added pieces this year like they did really well in the draft and i but i saw they're my super bowl team so i gotta pick in week one i'm going chiefs minus six the listeners agreed with me justin who or danny who are you who are you going 
the Cardinals, uh, the Chiefs, so it's Chiefs minus six, right? Am I correct on that yes. one? Yes. Yeah, so it'll be Chiefs minus six because uh, the Cardinals don't have Cole McCoy right now. He's injured, so it's it, it, it's an easy loss. And that's why I'm also hoping the Cardinals do crash and burn because it makes hard knocks that much better in season because they're the in-season hard knocks team. Sorry, what'd you, so what'd you pick? Uh, Chiefs. All right. All right, friend Patrick Graham. The Chargers at... Or sorry, the Raiders at the Chargers minus three. I went back and forth. I know the Raiders don't have great safeties, but I'm going with Patrick Graham. They beat them last year and the end of this year. They have, you know, they add Devontae Adams. Um, I think they keep it within three points, so I'm, I'm going the Raiders plus three. Uh, Daniel, who do you got? I love Patrick Graham, but I love Justin Herbert just a tad bit more. Give me the Chargers. All right, the listeners are going with me. Justin, who are you going with? Chargers minus three. All right. Are you guys like Super Bowl like pick, like Chargers in the Super Bowl type guys? No, not no. yet. It's too I'm early. Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to win. Or are going to get still, to I'm the still Super Chiefs Bowl. in the Super Bowl, but I can easily switch. Packers at Vikings plus one. I know the Vikings are a hot team right now, new coaching and staff and stuff. But Aaron Rodgers owns uh, is going to. They're going to win this game. I'm going Packers minus one. Justin, come on, give us some Aaron Rodgers hate to start this season. No, I'm going Packers minus one. Um, I just I, I don't. I don't know if the Vikings are going to have that defense because that was Mike Zimmer's downfall is that the offense wasn't it, but, you know, it was the defense. Everybody's excited about the Vikings' offense, but um, if the Packers can just control the clock like they want to do and Aaron Rodgers is just going to check it down and he's going to control the clock, Packers minus one. Listeners are also going Packers. Danny, are you going against the grain? I know it sucks because the Packers lost Aaron Rodgers. Not Aaron Rodgers. His name was Devontae Adams, but he's just he just still owns the Vikings. It's Aaron Rodgers. Give me the Packers. Their their receiving group is like I don't know what it is. Uh, it's bad. Like, is Romeo Dubs going to be their like to, like leading receiver? Is it going to be is Sammy Watkins like you know? Are we gonna is he going to be the guy? Like, Rodgers doesn't like rookies. That's like the wild yeah. thing. So Alan Lazard is like the number one wide receiver, which yeah. is crazy. But Christian Watson was drafted ahead of those guys, so it's tough. Uh, so the last Sunday night football Bucks at Cowboys plus two and a half. The listeners are going with the Bucks. And I think the Cowboys are really going to struggle without Tyron Smith. I really do think that makes a huge difference with their team. So I'm also going Tom Brady and the Bucks. Justin, who are you going? I was doing some reading on the Cowboys today, and I'm you know they are super super predictable. Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy are kind of like mind-bogglingly predictable in terms of when they pass out of the shotgun and when they're under center, they usually like they're always running. Um, so that's kind of hampered them with a very talented team. And now we're seeing that the offensive line is starting to fall off a little bit without Amari Cooper. Jerry Jones calls out Amari Cooper, even though he's been very efficient. Kind of with some wild things going on in Dallas. Can they produce the turnovers at the same rate that they did last year? Bucks minus two and a half. Danny. Are you going with the Tom Brady, or are you going with the Cowboys? I got, I gotta go with the Cowboys just because I'm so questioning. Tom Brady missed about what 14 days of camp. Obviously, Tom Brady that doesn't matter, but it's just more. Where's Tom Brady's headspace right now? That's my main. Yeah, question. that's the thing, man. Where that's a huge like I, I trust it because it's Tom Brady and Tom Brady's yeah. the greatest of all time. But his that it was weird. Like the head, where where his headspace is at is kind of weird. <laughs> Julian just shook his head no when you said Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. It stinks. Who is? The distraction is? of the team. It's it's sad, honestly. I do agree. He didn't get as much heat as he should have for that, but maybe there's some, I don't know. Anyways, all right, Danny, read an ad, and then we are going to do our final Giants predictions. You know, you know, I just recently, this is a new college apartment right here, so guess what? I I, I needed some coasters, and, and I, I was like, guys, we need to get some coasters, and guess what? 
You could get the perfect gift for anyone in your life with Stadium Map Art. Now you might be wondering, what is Stadium Map Art? Well, Stadium Map Art pushes laser engraving to the limit and created detailed wooden where's this wooden 3d stadium coasters maps and magnets with over 150 stadiums to choose from i can't even name 150 stadiums but they got a way to find 150 stadiums and put them on coasters maps or magnets great for living room fan caves sports bars anywhere really looks even great when you're not in use you just want to hang them out or just like hang them up on a little decoration thing by your tv i think they're great each coaster is individually cut out and engraved out of birch plywood at our studio in toledo ohio good old toledo ohio who doesn't love toledo and crafted by father and son team Dave and Zach Holt with over 10,000 coasters shipped so far. I gotta, I gotta figure out what, I, I just want all the coasters because 150, that's kind of outrageous. So, are you the worst gift giver? I know damn well I am. Find the perfect gift for the sports fan in your life. 3D stadium coasters, maps, and magnets handcrafted and laser engraved in the good old USA by Stadium Map Art. Find your team's stadium at stadiummapart.com and use Giants15 to get $15 off your next order over $50. So go get you some stadium coasters, even get that MetLife stadium coaster because we all love that beautiful AC unit. Danny, thank you for reading that. What's your score prediction for Giants-Titans? Now, like, I, I'm excited for Giants football. I know they're, I'm going to hurt probably for the majority of the months of September, October, November, and December. But I'm excited. I know they haven't won an opening game since, what, 2016? 2016. 2016 is that's I think it's like one in ten the last eleven years too. It's it's legitimately disgusting. But I'm gonna take the Giants to win and probably what's I just feel like it's gonna be a weird game. Uh let's go I'm gonna go nineteen to sixteen. Something odd's gonna happen. I just think the Giants, not only new regime, they have the wagons on their side right now because they got the Buffalo blood in their DNA now. Giants Mm. win. Justin. Giants 26, Titans 24, we're going to win. I am not here in Nashville to lose. The last time that the Giants had a record. Yeah. The last time that the Giants had a record of above 500 at any point in the season was 2016. And I would like to change that. You guys sound like homers. (laughs) I can't believe you guys are picking the Giants to win week one. But guess what? As the great philosopher Mr. Brownstone said, let's win some games. Mm. It's the start of a new regime. There's new blood, and it's time to win some games. And like you said, Danny, let's win a week one game, damn it. It'll change the feeling, and I'm telling you, it can change the culture. This game's going to be tough. And with that, I am going Giant 77, Titan 0. Let's win some games. Thank you, Mr. Brownstone. Thank you guys for enjoying us this entire offseason. We'll see you on Monday recapping a freaking victory. We appreciate you guys. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy a Giants victory. We'll see you on Monday. Until then, let's go Big Blue. Blue.